Listen and follow the Left Wing Rugby podcast with me, Will Slattery and Luke Fitzgerald. As far as I can see, I always want to get in the Irish team. And that should be every young player's dream and ambition in this country. And if you're playing in a place where you're not going to get the opportunities in the big games, that they're the ones that get you picked. They are the ones, the Champions Cup games are the ones that get you picked. You need to be playing in a team and starting in a team for those games. It's as simple as that if you want to play in the Irish team. Every week on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Today on the Indo Daily, Coronation Streak. Will Charles be the last king? Now, the United Kingdom is bustling with excitement as the country is preparing for the coronation of King Charles III. All eyes will be on Westminster Abbey, just as they were 70 years ago. This Saturday, in a supposedly low-key coronation, King Charles III and Queen Camilla will be crowned. Behind the scenes, crews are carefully stitching together uniforms for the big day, with the king's new insignia. In the skies, a practice session for what will be Britain's biggest military ceremonial operation in 70 years. The pomp, ceremony and ritual will briefly mask the troubles within the Windsor family. Going to Pizza Express in Woking is an unusual thing for me to do. He wanted me to, to, to hit him back, but I chose not to. I, I have a peculiar medical condition, which is that I don't sweat, um, or I didn't sweat at the time. I'm Finan Sheen, and today I'm joined by Sarah Cadden, journalist at Sunday Independent, to discuss if the royals are losing their touch with the commoners and will the monarchy survive in the longer term. So, Sarah, what's happening in London on Saturday? There is a bit of a party in London on Saturday, and uh, as King Charles III will hope, there will be parties all over the United Kingdom in celebration of his coronation. And the coronation of Queen Camilla as well. Yes, Queen Camilla. And, you know, originally after the uh, Queen Elizabeth II died in September, the title of Queen Consort was what Charles indicated he wanted for Camilla. But since then, it has been decided that she will be queen to his king. So this is a very significant message from Charles, not only about um, how he sees the, the, the future of the monarchy, but also about him and his life and his choices. And the point has been made that in some ways, this is almost like a very, very large, very posh wedding um, and a statement of unity between Charles and Camilla uh, rather than the focus being his coronation. So how does it work? Well, the important thing about the coronation is that this the symbolism of it and the fact that he is not only crowned king and recognized by the United Kingdom, the Commonwealth and so on as their king, but also the very important thing, particularly to his late mother, that it is decreed by God. There is an anointing of King Charles, a religious anointing, and that is that you have a God-given mission, as it were, to be the king. So God has decided that Charles will be king. That's pretty much how it goes. I mean, it is state, the state and the divine. And how does the divine translate this uh, on earth? T tell me of, of all the, 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 the ceremonial aspects. 
So on Saturday morning, Charles and Camilla will process through the crowds, which, of course, they hope will match the crowds that came out for his mother in 1953. And they will go to Westminster Abbey, where he will be um, he will be invested as the king. And then he will be anointed by the Archbishop of Canterbury, also as, as, as God's king on earth. And there's a whole host of ceremonial trappings to this. And basically by being presented with the orb, the ring, the scepter, wearing this gown and, and the, the crown being placed on his head, it it elevates him to, to this uh, godlike status. And then others have to come forward to pay homage to him. Is are we serious here? Like we're in 2023 and this this kind of carry on is going to take place in what is regarded as one of the leading nations still in the world. It's kind of a case of if you say something with enough confidence and authority, people will believe it. He's sitting in a, a very uncomfortable looking sort of wooden chair that his mother also sat in. There's a golden spoon that's involved in the anointing that survived Oliver Cromwell getting rid of all these kind of ornate trappings, but somebody squirreled it away and it re-emerged for Charles II. This spoon is still used. There's an ampulla from which the anointed oil uh, comes from. Uh, there is a special Bible and the, that Charles kisses and the cover of which will have leaves and crowns because, of, as we know, he's very interested in the environment. There is the Stone of Scone, which is a stone, uh, but it was used in the investiture of the Scottish kings. Another ancient tradition, the Stone of Destiny, used in coronations for centuries, leaving Scotland and heading south. That's about a 300-plus slab of sandstone. It's considered a sacred relic here. It'll be placed underneath the gilded coronation chair for King Charles's coronation. And now is coming down for this coronation, much to the consternation of Alex Salmond, for example, who has said it shouldn't be going south of the border again, but the stone of scone must be there. It's a stone. You know, if they say there has to be the stone, there has to be the golden spoon, there has to be the ampulla, the Bible, then, you know, build so it and they like, will come. This would be like bringing the Blarney stone up to Dublin in order to appoint the, the directly elected Lord Mayor or something like that on a whole different level. On a whole different yeah. level. That's, that's what we have to accept about the whole coronation. This is a whole different level. So there's, there's elements of the equation here that Charles is adding in to what is a very traditional ceremony going back centuries. Yes, but he's also, he has made a massive effort to scale this back to ordinary people. It doesn't look like it lacks pomp and ceremony, but he has reduced the congregation to 2,000 people. Oh, just 2,000. Just the 2,000. And his anointing will also be um, taking place behind a specially commissioned screen. So he wants this, the religious element of it, to happen in in private and his mother her coronation was televised famously I asked you all to pray for me on the day of my coronation but her anointing happened off camera but the congregation could see it whereas Charles has said he doesn't believe that anyone should see this sacred moment I think Charles is making a mistake taking out some of the the magic, if you want, out of the whole thing, 
because if people stop believing in the magic, then the whole show is over. Of course, these people are entitled to their privacy in terms of the aspects of photographing their children, allowing them to have a private family life, those kind of boundaries. But in this context where they need their people to feel a sense of ownership of them, to feel a sense of connection and that this matters. It's possibly a mistake on Charles's part to disconnect because, you know, if he disconnects completely and and they stop believing, then what's going to happen to them then? What about British society? How how relevant is this? I mean, anything to do with the royals, you you do get massive turnouts on on the streets uh, of London all the way down down the mall. But is this relevant? I think Saturday will really show how much people are invested in this. It it could well be a case that millions of people turn on their televisions and plenty of people probably here to turn on their televisions at 10 o'clock to watch. But the concern would be how many start switching off and could that then be the story of Charles's reign? It's a big deal right now, but is anybody going to care in a few years' time? And that's his challenge is to keep, to keep it interesting. I suppose you could say that back in 1953, it was still a society where people knew their place and and accepted it. And that's not really the world that we live in anymore. And so the royals are far more open to being questioned as to why this family deserve all this and other people don't. And the Problem Prince documentary that Channel 4 have aired, um, you see people, crowds of people at the gates of Buckingham Palace when the Queen was approaching her due date with Prince Andrew, people at the gates waiting to see if there would be any announcement of his birth. I mean, there's no way anything like that would happen anymore. So the royals are in a very different situation now. And the challenge is, are they more interested in Prince Andrew making an Egypt of himself on Newsnight or Harry and Meghan being on Netflix or are they interested in Charles and his interest in the environment? Do they care that Camilla is the queen when 20 years ago they would have cared very much that she should would dare do such a thing? Keeping people emotionally invested now is very hard, as any celebrity will tell you. And Charles, I'm sure, would absolutely reject that title. Yeah, so get, getting into the reality TV show aspect uh, of this, despairs are a bit of a, a, a problem. Uh, Prince Harry, after slagging off his family for the last uh, year in particular and, and several years before that uh, as well, is he going to be there? He is going to be there, but uh, he apparently will be sitting 10 rows back from his immediate family. Harry apparently will be on a plane back to California within two hours. So literally, probably by the time the working royals, as they're now known, are on the balcony waving at the crowd, Harry will already be on a flight back to California to his son's fourth birthday party. And no Meghan? No Meghan. Uh, It is their son Archie's birthday on the 6th of May and apparently there will be a birthday party. Given the time difference, Harry could probably attend both events um, and Meghan will stay in the States. Which right, so really there's a handy reason, excuse so for her not to be invited slash come. There is and I'm sure everybody feels relieved. I'm sure Meghan is as relieved as anybody else. Can you imagine how much every 
flicker of expression would be recorded if Meghan was there. What about Prince Andrew? Prince Andrew will be there. And How far back will he be? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not quite back quite as far as Harry. And you have to wonder, is that really fair? What Andrew has done has been, you really would have to say, worse than what Harry has done. Um, far more damaging and also wrong. As you say, all of this goes back to your friendship with Jeffrey Epstein. Mm. Well, I met through his girlfriend um, back in 1999, who, um, and I'd known her since uh, she was at university in the UK. Um, and it would be, to some extent, a stretch to say that, that um, uh, as it were, we were close friends. I mean, we were friends because of other people. And Andrew is going to be allowed to be there, but... Much like at his mother's uh, funeral procession, he won't be in, in military uh, uniform. So he is kind of the prince in disgrace. I don't know if he'll sit beside Harry, um, <laughs> nudging each the other and yeah. Yeah, whispering at the back of mass. What about the the interviews then that, that Harry has given recently, the, the brother... Uh, Prince William, who will be playing a part in in this ceremony because he has to pay homage to his father. Uh, Are we expecting any interaction there? Or as you say, there's going to be 10 rows of pews so it won't be possible for them to have a chat? Apparently there will be none. It has been said there will be no contact between the brothers. No matter how much sympathy you'd have for Harry, how William could really look him in the eye and not want to deck him again is is hard to fathom. Um, Harry was very hard on on Kate Middleton, the Princess of Wales now, and uh, apparently that is not to be forgiven. I mean, Harry was also quite tough on Camilla in his book. She was the villain. She was the third person in the marriage. She needed to rehabilitate her image. How was she dangerous? Because of the need for her to rehabilitate her image. That made her dangerous? That made her dangerous because of the connections that she was forging within the British press. But his father has now made such a bold statement about, of support of Camilla by making her queen. Also by including her grandchildren on an equal footing with um, William's children in the whole ceremony. That's a massive statement and it kind of does put Harry in his box a bit. But William hasn't got to do that. No explanation, no defending, no condemnation of Harry. But he and Kate have become incredibly seasoned smilers in the last few years. And there will be no flicker in those smiles on on Saturday, as apparently they will be having nothing to do with Harry. At this uh, scaled down, very low key um, coronation, there will be Irish guests for the first time. Who have we got going and is is it awkward in any cases? Uh, the President, Michael D. Higgins, will be there. Taoiseach Leo Varadkar, um, Michelle O'Neill and also Alex Maskey as a Speaker of the Assembly apparently will be there too. In last May's Assembly election, I said that I would be a First Minister for all. And I think this is a fulfilment of that promise. There are those in our community that have a British identity and allegiance to the monarchy and I think it's important that I, as a First Minister for All, can be respectful of their viewpoint and also I can represent all the people in our community. And there has been a little bit of a ripple around Michelle O'Neill attending, uh, not only because she is a Republican and 
this really isn't a Republican event. And uh, also because she is a socialist. And again, <laughs> this really isn't a socialist event. Not yeah, so you, you have our president, who is our head of state, democratically elected twice, uh, and now... His his own left wing credentials are, are are quite clear. As recently as as last week, he's he's again uh, giving out about free market ideology and, and and so on. And he's attending this event. Is this just everybody on on this side of the water just saying, look, if this is what that crowd believe in, then that's grand. We'll go along with it because we're 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 friendly neighbours and, and you get along with stuff. I mean, you, yes, you can take it as an exercise in good grace and good manners. Um, I will show up and say congratulations, even if in my heart I'm saying, what what on earth is this? You know, you have to wonder if you got an invitation yourself, Yanon, would you want to go along and have a gawk? You know, I'm sure among the 2000 assembled on Saturday, there will be plenty of people just thinking this is bonkers, but I'm loving it. Jill Biden goes instead of her husband. So she didn't come to Ireland when he came here a couple of weeks back, but she is leading the American delegation at, at this event. Yeah, I mean, video footage suggests he doesn't even remember he was here. But uh, Jill Biden is going. And I suppose there was a lot of feeling after uh, Joe Biden visited the UK before he came here that he really didn't, wasn't making any bones about being quite, feeling quite cold and unfriendly towards the UK. But is there any need to read anything more into it other than I don't know, would she like to go along and have a look? And he's really not interested. What about watching it here? You won't be able to miss it now this weekend. Back in 53, there was a lot of pro-royalist sentiment still in Ireland. A lot of people still had great admiration for the royal family. The Troubles probably changed all that through the the 70s, 80s and and 90s. What does Joe and Josephine Public uh, now make uh, of the royal family? Look, we don't pay for them, which really helps. It helps you to have a a view where you can go, just go, this is completely bizarre, um, but often a bit bit of entertainment. You know, I think that kind of is an an Irish attitude to it, that we sometimes can't believe that in the UK people actually buy into it. I think we have a slightly more wry view of it. Will this be the last coronation? I think this will be rebroadcast in 70 years time and people will go, well, she was right or she was wrong. I don't think it'll be 70 years. I mean, obviously it won't. Charles is too old for it to be 70 years time. But I would think if Charles had any sense, it would be much sooner. I think his wise move would be to, after all these years of waiting, have his moment in the sun, you know, make Camilla the queen. But I think he would be wisest to give it a few years and then hand it over to William, who probably would maybe do a little more low-key, but I think that William would be a more shrewd uh, king than Charles in terms of keeping the show on the road. It's really the in the next maybe year where you kind of have to wonder if how will Charles keep all this going? Is he capable of it? Does, is We've seen a lot of kind of tetchiness in him, impatience. Is he going to be able to sustain this is really the question. Um, of course, he can sustain a morning of, of um, pomp and ceremony, but 
what kind of king will he be? My thanks to Sarah Cadden. I'm Fiannan Sheen, and today's episode was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by Anna Viglarczyk, with sound by Niall McMonigle. Archive clips from the BBC, Channel 4, ITV, RTE and independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.